Welcome to this uh, IEBA podcast that we're having with Jim Cressman. My name is Bob Babish. I'm Vice President of Entertainment for Milwaukee Summerfest and the American Family Insurance Amphitheater and other venues. With me today is a gentleman who has been in the industry for a good 20 years now. He's a recipient of the International Talent Buyer of the Year by IEBA, uh, CMW Management Company of the Year. He's got 19 CCMAs. Jim's mission and purpose is to facilitate artists in monetizing and leveraging their value. Co-founder of Invictus Entertainment Company, a firm that has consistently booked, promoted, or produced 700 events per year and continues to be one of the most respect, respected brands in Canada. He does a little bit of everything. He does corporate shows, festivals, small buildings, big buildings, you name it, he works on it. And Polestar had his company as the number one independent promoter in Canada. Welcome, Jim. Hey, how are you? I am doing well. Uh, it's it's hard times out there in our business, and I um, and I thought it, it thought it'd be an interesting conversation with you on how you're handling what's going on on the business about scheduling and rescheduling. So, what have been your greatest challenges with rescheduling in general? Venues, agents. We can talk about prices. We can talk about how you're dealing with uh, uh, um, ticket refunds. Uh, how you're moving in, uh, the problems you're seeing moving into 2021, if you're talking that. Are you put, putting things in the first quarter? What's your plan for rescheduling the shows you already have had? And, and have you so, lost most of them so far would be the next question. So, so I would say, I would say um, uh, just, just to start back with um, uh, what we're doing. When we're moving shows into 2021. We are, we are working... Uh, into the first quarter at this point, mostly second quarter and third quarter, but we have scheduled a few tentative shows. And I would say the biggest issue that we're having is just understanding the uh, the bureaucracy that is going to surround the temporary new normal as it pertains to concerts. So um, what are the safety measures going to look like? How expensive are those measures going to be? Um, obviously, there are going to be show costs, but uh, how much is that going to whittle away at the artist's ability to monetize? Um, I think that that we also need to know what capacities we're playing with. Like, I'm I'm in a position where I'm having a hard time sending out offers with my regular capacities, not knowing if we're going to be selling every second seat with every second row, or how all of that is going to roll out. And um, and I've been on a few task forces up here, um, a provincial task force for getting entertainment back on track. And, uh, you know, some of the infectious disease experts who are, you know, obviously doing a great job and, and trying to protect people. And I understand that, but they, they, they have a hard time integrating what they would like to see in our world versus what's real. So, you know, one, one conversation that was, that was had was sort of like, you know, do we, do we install plexiglass between all the rows in the arena? And it's like, well, First, who's going to pay for that? Secondly, is that going to help, right? And then thirdly, uh, what does that do to the consumer experience? So as it stands right now, we're, we're on the, the vanguard and the cutting edge of trying to uh, maintain some level of, of income for our artists. And so we started a, VI, a virtual VIP program recently, which has been really well received, where we have artists who are joining in on corporate Zoom calls and playing a few songs, jacking up the sales team, and we've had corporations come out of the woodwork to pay our artists to join them from, from their homes 
And uh, that's been a great experience. We also just announced the first ever uh, country music drive-in concert, which is going to take place June 13th at the River Creek Casino parking lot in Edmonton, Alberta. Brett Kissel is the headliner. $50 a car, maximum four people per car. Uh, it's going to be a, a two-hour situation from start to finish. That's entrance and exit with the cars. We are going to broadcast the concert locally on a um, one-time only radio frequency so people can literally park their car, crank their radio on, listen to the show as though it's live, but from the comfort of their car, watching the performance live. And then we have to plexiglass all the musicians into these boxes. So, um, you know, there's a lot of pre-planning that goes into that. It's like, you know, that box better be big enough for the bass player and the drummer to, to do what they need to do and, right. and navigate how they need to on stage, you know, so that they can put on a good show. But um, so there's a lot being thrown at us right now. But uh, I'm, I'm curious to hear how you think it's going to roll out in the next six months in your state, particularly. Yeah, well, our state has some interesting times right now. But before you go to there, I want to go back to talking about your, your drive-in. How are you going to handle food and beverage? Or are you going to handle there's food no, and beverage? There's no food and beverage. No food and beverage. Yeah, it's uh, bring your own. I mean, we're, we're because you're in a vehicle, um, mm. we're, we're obviously asking people not to bring alcohol, you know, and uh, we are going to be monitoring that through, the, uh, through commissioning the RCMP. Um, you know, so we're, we're going to be doing our best there. We're, we're building it out as a family show. So we're asking that people, you know, don't, don't compromise yourself by drinking in your vehicle. Um, but as a consumer, and I, and, and I think this is one of the reasons why I've always been relatively successful in this business is I always, I, I take off my industry hat because I started in this business as a fan and I never abandoned that, that intuitiveness. And it's like, what kind of an experience would I want as a fan? That's what I'm always asking myself. And to be honest, I'm a little concerned about the type of experience that fans are going to have versus what they're used to. Because, you know, there's no washrooms. Uh, there is access to washrooms in case of an emergency, but people aren't supposed to use them. You know, there's going to be a lot of things we're going to learn through this experience. And then hopefully we can work out all of the bugs and replicate so that we can create more of these situations moving forward. But we're going to be learning a lot, no doubt about it. Absolutely. And you don't know how long you're going to have to continue to do that. I mean, the driving idea might be great, but it might get old, you know, three months down the line and you'll want to get people want to move on to the next thing. Hopefully that's the live concert situation again. And, right. and if, even with Wisconsin, if you look at that, you can, the goalposts are kind of moving all the time. So you can set up for whatever numbers they'll let you have in your venue at a given moment. You can put it on sale, but that number may, may go up two months from now before the show, and you can add more tickets to it, or that number may go down. So it's very difficult to start to plan on how you want to make events work. So it, the new normal, I'm not sure what that even is right now, but Thinking outside of the box like you are, we were talking earlier, thinking outside of the box and doing events like drive-in concerts, or I was saying that somebody came to me with a drive-in circus, anything to get people out to enjoying events again, that's a step in the right direction. And I, and I think, you know, it, it may be till, you know, spring and maybe till fall when people start, the, the social distancing starts to let up and people start to gather again and we can go to the big shows, but I, there was an article by uh, Dave Grohl 
last week about, you know, the live concert experience about how that's never going to go away. Most important thing in the world to get in there and feel that energy when a band cranks it up. And, and we'll get back to that, you know. It's just we don't know when it's going to be. So. It's a matter of time. I think I think uh, development of a reliable vaccine is going to make everybody yeah. calm down a little bit. Um, and then obviously there'll, there'll need to be some distribution on that front. Some safety measures will go by the wayside as things evolve. I agree with you. Um, and, and I think it's just, it's just really important for us all not to politicize the information as it comes in or run it through an ideological filter and, and just work to the benefit of the, the practicality of how do we keep people safe, but how do we not ignore the fact that live music is a critical mental health uh, uh, stimulator for many right. people, right? Absolutely. Like, like, like I know, I know music saved my life when I was a kid, you know, and, and I know that, that, that I'm not alone in that. And, and when I, and, and one of the reasons I've retained my passion over the years, even though I, I like making money and I enjoy the commerce aspect of our business is you go and, and I'm sure you've felt this, Bob, you, you're standing in the middle of a crowd and you're just watching people forget about their problems for three minutes at a time while they sure. absorb music that just means so much to them. And it is such a powerful experience and people think it's cheesy, but it's like, no, that's how the world changes. That's how exactly people right. drop all of their, all of their preconceived biases about their neighbor and they join together and they just enjoy the experience and it, it unites humanity in a way that nothing else can. So we can't abandon or or pretend that that live music isn't an imperative and critical role in helping hold together the fabric of culture and society. And so we need to be doing everything we can to try and usher that back. Of course we gotta be of course we gotta be safe about it. You know, that goes without saying, but we also have to be pushing forward because otherwise we won't know where to start. Right. I always tell the people that, that I work with, I said you know, all the work that we do, all of the time that you put into putting an event together from the marketing side to the ground crew to everybody who does it, when the lights go down and then they come up in the bands on stage and 20,000 people start to scream together, there is nothing, there is nothing in the world like that moment. And that's why we all do what we do, right? I mean, that's why we right. all keep pounding away. And some days you hate what you're doing you've had a fight with an agent or a manager very seldom of course but you do and, then, <laughs> and but that moment when the show is right you, you know why they're doing what they're doing why they're why they're fighting for their artists and, and it's, those are just magical moments and that's why we continue to do what we do do you do you feel that we'll be i mean you're rescheduling shows as we talked about major shows probably into summer of 21 outdoor events right yes you think you think we'll be ready do you think we'll be able to do uh, what we've done think, in the past or will there be still changes in how we operate? I think, I think the populace is going to be ready. I think people are going to be ready by next summer for sure. Um, I do think there's going to be some, uh, some mandatory measures that are going to be uh, requested that, mm -hmm. you know, depending on how fast things move um, in terms of establishing a vaccine I think some of those measures will be relaxed, but yes, I mean, I can see mandatory mask compliance, for example, um, when people are on site at a major festival and six feet of social distancing, which means that the outdoor events might have to reduce their capacity somewhat. 
I can see measures like that being put into place and maybe extending through to next summer. But I'm also an optimist because right. there's utility to it. You might as well be an optimist, right? Like, why yeah, not? Absolutely. And, absolutely. Uh, and, and maybe we'll be at a point by next summer where, where we look back on this and, and I'm not, I'm not on either side of this dogfight politically, but maybe we'll look back on this and go, you know what? This virus wasn't the Spanish flu. We thought it was. We did everything we could to protect people, but we over-indexed on some safety measures and now we can relax. Right. And, and maybe by next summer, we're back to something that, that resembles normalcy in some degree. So that's what I'm certainly hoping for. That's what I'm moving forward with. And uh, whether it happens or not, right. um, you got you got to be ready. You know, I'd rather be Absolutely. ready and have to move it again than to not be prepared. Absolutely, that you know, it's been an an interesting time. It uh, when you when you talk about the rescheduling that we're doing and we're you know continuing through till next summer, like everybody else. Um, I found that a lot of the the infighting and the fighting that you have with other people in the business, being ma managers, agents, everybody's kind of working together. You know, everybody kind of understands that all this stuff has to move and let's find a way to make it move. You know, nobody is really threatening the force majeure world to, to us that I've seen. I mean, if, if they've said, well, if you're going to 21 with these dates, let's move these dates to 21 and right. find dates that work with everybody. So I'm pretty proud of the people in our business right now. You know, now I know there's going to be some changes if you want to talk a little bit about that. If you see what's happening with uh, the, the uh, Senate is talking about liability some of the new liability laws i think you know you're going to see some new force majeure laws in contracts with bands you just i'm sure the word pandemic is going to be in there a lot <laughs> more than likely and uh we'll be changing our force majeure laws our, our clauses and our contracts that we send back to them so there's going to be changes um so jim how's your experience been working with the local and provincial officials to prep for your reopening are you getting any guidance from them on what to do and where else are you looking as you adapt your post coronavirus business um i mean listen they've they've been they've been great we when we came up with the idea for the drive-in concert we integrated uh our efforts with the uh the premier of alberta and his office and he referred us to all of the uh, ahs alberta health services individuals they provided us with a, a list a checklist essentially of you know hey if you guys are moving ahead with this event this is what needs to be adhered to we have followed that to the t now all i would say is that you know somewhere in the pit of my stomach i'm always nervous that things are going to change that are beyond their control and beyond our control but all we can do is respond to the information we have at hand and we know they're in the same boat we are. You know, it's not like somebody is sitting there arbitrarily making up rules with the hopes that we can't bring live music back. They're just doing their best to do their job, cover their ass, and we're gonna do the same. Does the, lo the, the local officials have precedent? I mean, are they, the, are they the lead or is it the provincial? Who has the final say on what you do? The, pro the, the province. province the province are, are empowered, not, not to the degree that the states are in the United States. I mean, we've got a, right. a slightly different system up here, but um, uh, we've worked with Health Canada guidelines and we've also worked with the uh, Alberta Health Services guidelines. And so um, making sure that we're cross-referencing all of their requests and demands, I should call them demands, not requests, mm -hmm. because that's what they are. Um, 
But in the meantime, hopefully we don't see things shifting in terms of trending with this disease. And then, uh, and then so far we're buttoned down, we're going to be fine. But I always worry if there's a flare up of some sort, you know, things might change again. Ticket prices next year. Thoughts? Yeah. What do you think? Well, I mean, we're, we're struggling with that, you know, because there's going to be a lot of uh, a long-term economic impact from this. And, mm-hmm. and, and the tail of this is going to be very long, right? We've seen jobs evaporate. We've seen businesses shut down. So I think that ticket prices need to come down, which means artist guarantees need to come down, which means all the stakeholders on the artist side are going to have to lower their, um, their uh, expectations a bit. But we also need to see it as a cooperative. And so what I'm advocating for is if the artist is dropping prices, ticket prices, then the ticketing companies need to work with us as well to drop their fees. Mm-hmm. Venues Absolutely. need to get rid of that, that massive rent line item because, you know, and, and stop charging for soft costs. It's like, if we're all in this together, then we're in it together, which means my artists that I manage will take a haircut, but as a promoter, I'm not paying full hardcore um, uh, costs like I usually would at some of these venues. And I, and, right. and listen, to, to be fair, the venues I have spoken with, they get it. They, sure. I haven't had one person go, no, it's, it's this or the highway. It's been like, no, 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 we get it. Everybody's got to pitch in. You know, when you think about the amount of, biz, amount of artists that canceled this year and are talking about 21, and combine that with the artists that weren't planning on touring this year, they didn't go into 21. It's going to be quite the season. I think there's going to be a whole lot of traffic out there working this year. So I think it's a, an exciting time. You know, as we were talking about earlier, back again to the, to the uh, drive-in, it gives, you, it gives you a chance to give your, your people, your employees, something to do that's meaningful. And, and right. when they're sitting around in a time period where they're not sure what's going on in the world, you know, so it gives them some help and gives them some hope. So. Hats off to you, you, man. That's some great stuff that you're doing. And I really appreciate your time today. I think that, I think this was fun. This was a hoot. So that's a lot to you there. I hope that we can have a crowd like this big for all of us. (laughs) Yes. Knock on something. All right, man. Thanks so much. All right.